Um, if you're new here, if this is the first time you're here or you missed it last week, what was going on there was about 3,350 water balloons. Um, how many people notice all the dads dumping water on their kids in that video? That is amazing. Most of the kids aren't here, but it's actually funny. I'll have to show it to them next week. Um, I just wanted to welcome you to the family gathering. All right, this is the chance where our small groups get together and we worship together. I can't say small groups, I have to say uh, communities, right? So they get together and we worship together. Um, we praise God and we hopefully hear a word from him. I just discovered something this morning that um, with these glasses on, I can't see what I wrote. So this should be interesting. <laughs> I mean, no. So yeah, so it should be exciting. It should be fast. Um, if you don't know my name, uh, if you don't know me, my name is John Idler. I normally stand downstairs and teach the kids. So the, uh, Pastor Jay, he writes something, or someone, one of our other speaking pastors, they write something, and I interpret that for the kids, and we speak about it downstairs. We kind of like um, kid size it. I don't want to say dumb it down because that's not what it is because we're still talking about God. We're still still talking about the Word of God, and it's still important and it's still relevant. Now. Um, this is that time of the year that if you notice, yeah, little bearded man, he comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, can you please come speak upstairs? And I always say, no. And he always persists. And um, I, I, I worry. I worry that because my kids are, are here and I worry that they're not going to be um, being spoken to. And that's where my passion is and that's where the thing is I feel I've been called to do. But I'm up here. I'm going to do that. And ironically this morning, although I do this big long thing and it's not long at all, so don't worry, for the children, for my kids, the ones that um, that we want to make sure grow up in the Lord, and there are most of them are down the shore today. So there's a couple of them that are still up here. If you guys would be willing, I know, Juliet, you've, you've already said that you would help me out, right? And Guppy, you said you would come up. So you guys can come up, sit up front. Tess is up here. She's going to stay up here. If there's any other kids that decide to say, Genya, if you want to come up here, that would be really great. I'm going to need your help today because I'm still going to focus on you, even though there's not a lot of us. Um, yeah, so you can scooch all the way down if you want. I'm going to have some interaction, so hopefully you guys don't mind. Um, it's kind of exciting that they're there. We got to hear them really early. I was worried uh, it was going to interrupt the message. It didn't interrupt at all. It interrupted FaceTime, which is kind of like perfect, right? Yeah. So if you have not experienced Haiti, um, you don't know what our hearts are like right now because a bunch of us just heard that and our hearts leaped halfway around the world. But it's not just... um, No, hold on. That's good. You can leave that there. It's not just... Um, uh, those four that you saw in the other picture that are there. Did you know that the princess's daughter, Britt, is also there? She, yeah, she's there this week. So we have a connection to Haiti um, that God must have worked something special because our hearts are bound there. So I, it's really fantastic. But um, I usually get asked to speak when it's in between series. Have you noticed that? It's like James just finished, and it was really good, and so you get a plan to talk about. And then we got Sela coming up for the rest of August. And as Matthew said, there's a lot of things that are kind of uh, on reserve for August. We don't have a lot of events, but we have a big one coming up on the 27th. Um, so we'd love to have you there, kind of celebrate everybody back and before the holiday. Um, but again, I get no direction. And so if you've ever spoken, yeah, the people who speak, they're laughing because it's funny. Because... <laughs> Yeah, but the people who don't, they all think, oh, yeah, so what does that mean? Well, that means, and this is really horrible, right, that you have to rely on God to give you that message. Yeah, and you think, okay, everybody's doing that anyway, but this means i got to make time for that. Right? i got to make time to talk to God even more. So it's, it's really great for me because it's something I should be doing uh, more and more and more. We're going to see in what we're doing that is, that is the intent of what uh, Peter is going to ask us to do. So, um, We're not going to have to worry about the phone call, but you guys are up here. You guys are going to help me out. Um, the organization that they are with is called Pelicans for Prayer or Praying Pelicans or something like that. And it's a big service organization. What they're doing up there is they're actually building um, a, a building for them to gather in. But does anyone know what... And I'm going to start to the kids first, and Mark, so I'm going to address you too. So when I ask a question, it's for the kids first, and then we'll open it up for everybody else. So I know you have a lot of answers, and I want to hear from you, okay? So we're going to do that this, after, this morning. Yeah, sure. Why not? 
Why not? So anyway, so does anyone here know the organization that we team up with to go to Haiti? You guys know? Oh, someone's cheating. 410 Bridge. What did I say? Kids first. Kids first. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> right. It's 410 Bridge. Do you know why it's called 410 Bridge? Any of you guys? No? 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 No. Okay, why is it called 410 Bridge? What? Go ahead. 1 Peter 4.10. All right, so that's absolutely it. This is why we're going to talk about that today. This is what inspired it. When I saw the picture of them with 4.10, I figured, okay, we should know what we're talking about with Peter 4.10, right? All right, so we're going to uh, go to the Bible. Now, downstairs, um, we don't have a big screen. It's big and fancy. You can tell by, like, who did that? That's like, it's supposed to be like just big enough for, I did that, it's my fault. It's different on my home computer, so I apologize. But we don't have a big, com, a big com, uh, board to write on. We don't have a big computer up downstairs, so we're going to write on the board. I want you guys to set a good example for the kids, so if you guys can pull out your Bibles, there's one in front of you, right? And if you can do that, because we're not going to put the passages up there. Can you go to the next screen? That's where it's going to be. Right, so can you guys get Bibles? Do you guys have Bibles? Can we get Bibles for them? Juliet, you said you would help me out. If you guys are sitting to next to the kids and you see that they don't have one, could you get them a Bible, please? I have one right here. You guys got one? All right, so this is the page, 852. We're going to start on verse 7, but before we do that, who's Peter? Right, we just finished with James, and you guys know who James is, right? You guys remember who James is? Who's James? Yeah, whoever called out before, you can get, oh, James. Yeah, James is waving in the back if you want to turn around and wave to James. So who is James that we were just talking, talking about? Go ahead. Jesus, his brother, great. And he gave us a list of things on how to live, right? You remember that? Yeah, I'm going to put this out here so you guys can be heard. Um, who's Peter? Who's Peter? Yeah, it's one of Jesus' disciples. Is Peter a special one? That Peter over here is waving now. Yeah. yeah. I saw you. You're going like this. I saw you. You don't want anyone to notice. So, no, who's Peter? He's one of his disciples. What else? What do we know about Peter? If we wanted to tell people about Peter, who Peter is, how could we sum it up? Anybody? He's a fisherman. Simon. His original name was Simon. What else? Cephas. Yes, okay, it's... Right, okay, rock, the rock, rock, right? What else? That's it. Those are, if we say he's a fisherman, his name was Simon first, then it was Cephas, switch to Cephas, we're good to go. We know everything we need to know about Peter. Say that again. He denied Christ. It's one of the reasons why I love Peter. It's one of the reasons why I love Peter. What else about Peter do we need to know? One of Jesus' closest disciples. What did you say? He did his thinking and acting in the wrong order. Maybe that's another reason why I like Peter. Yeah. Pardon? It could, it could be his strength. Right, right. So what else do we want to know about Peter? He helped lead the church, right? In fact, Jesus said, you are my foundation, right? On this rock. I'm going to build my church. So if Peter writes something, right? If Jesus says, Peter, you're this important, and and Peter says something, should we be listening to him? Yeah, we should be, right? Julie, that's all about it. Yes, absolutely. We should be listening to what he has to say. And so he wrote a couple letters. And why did he write these letters? Do you know why he wrote these letters? It's actually kind of the same reason that James wrote the letters. Is anyone using their, their computer instead of the book in front of them? There's a title in front of this section in there. Do you guys, can you guys, it's not in ours. I was looking for it. There's a title in front of that section. Do you guys see it? What does it say? Pardon? I see somebody on there. If you, you, what does it say? The story of God's grace. The story of God's grace. Um, in the NIV and my phone, it says living for God. And if you do it in the message, it has something I like even more. It says learning to think like him. I got who wants to learn to think like him? Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, so 
if, you, if you're on that page, is everybody on that page? I see some people still aren't on that page. We're not going to, like I said, we're not going to put it up there. So, Julia, I'm going to ask you to do something for me because you said you could, right, and that you would do that. Um, can you stand? All right, what's the right height for you? All right, so why don't you whistle into there? Just blow. All right, can you guys hear her? All right, so she's going to read for us just like we do downstairs. We like to pass it around. Some of our readers are down the shore. Ironically, that's the funny thing, is that I'm told to give a youth message, a junior youth message, and 90% of the junior youth are away. So Juliet's going to do most of it for us, so I really appreciate that for you. Yeah? All right, so we're going to read, we're going to read in Peter, verse 7, and we're going to, we're going to start there. Do we get it? Thanks for helping out. I appreciate it. All right, great. All right, stop there. (laughs) They know that when they read, I'm going to interrupt them a hundred times. They know that. The end of all things is near. That doesn't sound good at all, does it? No, it's actually kind of scary, right? But we know that even when Peter is talking about the end of all things, he's not really talking about the end of all things, right? Right, so there's something that's about to end. There's a, there's a big reason why uh, we need to work on this. And he's putting, a, he's putting pressure on us to make this happen. But we know even if it's the end of the world, we know something comes next. So it's not the end of all things. Um, but time is running out. And Peter wants us to understand that, right? All right, go ahead. All right, stop right there again. It's going to happen all day for about 15 more minutes. So don't worry. So you can sit down there just for a second. Sober mind. Does anybody up here have an idea what sober mind is? Again, you know sober mind. What does that mean? Do we know sober mind? No? Anybody? If you guys had to say what's sober mind, what's a sober mind? Serious? Serious? Okay. What? Solemn? Oh, you guys are, it's like you read the dictionary. Submitted to God? Sober? Okay. Um, Yes? What was the first part again? Thoughtful instead of consumed by emotion. Okay. Right, right. So a lot of times we think that. So not under influence of... For me, it was like not drunk, right? But I like the way you put that better. It means not under the influence of something else. And I think that's really important, and that's the key. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Can we put up the, what the dictionary says? It says clear-headed, serious, sensible, and solemn. So you guys got all the words. I should just sit down right now because you guys know this. But it says not affected by alcohol, not drunk. But I think what you said is so much more appropriate because it doesn't have to do with alcohol or drinking. It's us, the fact that we are consumed by something else. So Peter says, why... Should we be sober? What did he say in that line? What, why do we need to be sober? So we can pray. Yeah, so we can pray. I like that. It's important to talk to God, and so we need to make sure we're clear-headed when we do it. How many times are we distracted when we try to talk to God? How many times are we consumed by our own thing that's happening? When we talk to God, I tell you this morning, it was hard to um, get focused on what we were doing here. You know what I had to do this morning so I could talk to God, so I can pray for his words, so I can hope that um, that it's his voice that you hear and not mine, because all this is going on. And I'm noticing one by one that the kids are not coming in. And I'm thinking, wow, can, do I have, do I have value to say um, to the adults here and not to the not to the children? And I do, because. We need to be sober when we talk to God. We need to be focused. We need to be clear-headed. And so, he, so sometimes we just pray for God to clear our head. Anyone ever do that to start off? You know, God, help me what to say, you know, what to pray. Spirit, rise in me to clear my head so I can focus and I can do the things that I need to do. All right, Juliet, you're up. Did you lose the spot? Go ahead. Above. Oh, no, stop right there. You, can't, you don't think you can go two sentences in a row, do you? 
I won't let that happen. Good, good, good. So you can sit down. This is my favorite part. You know, when we're reading, if you don't read above and beyond and below what you're trying to learn, um, you're going to miss something. So I think it's important. So we were going to do, Peter, you know, First Peter 4.10, but we would have missed what we've heard already, that there's an urgency, that we need to be prepared to pray, and this. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multiple of sins. I love the way he starts that sentence. I love it because it's coming from a guy, and if I think about it, I'll well up, so I'm sorry. He spent years with Jesus, listening to what Jesus had to say in person. Right? He didn't hear it from somebody else. He heard what Jesus was saying in person. He heard it publicly when he was talking to people in large crowds. And he heard it in private. Remember, Peter's one of those special ones that got taken ahead. And so he heard it from Jesus. What did he hear? He heard love. He watched Jesus live out his life in love. We said that he denied Peter, so he was forgiven by Jesus. Excuse me, he denied Jesus, so he was forgiven by Jesus personally with love. And he watched. Actually, he didn't watch, did he? No, he hid when Jesus surrendered his life in love. This is a man who got filled by the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. He was chosen as the rock and the foundation of Jesus' church. And he says... Above all else, if you want to live for God, if you want to, we have to love one another deeply. Why? Because that's what he heard Jesus say. That's what he heard Jesus do. Because Jesus' death and resurrection was God's love for us, and the spirit inside of Peter cried out in love. Because the church that Jesus built, the church that Peter was left in charge of the foundation is love. If we do what Peter saw, heard, and witnessed through Jesus, we'll cover up our sins. Can you believe that? Our mistakes. Now, remembering what Juliet read, how many sins will it cover up? Do you remember what you read, Juliet? What? All the sins, right? Yeah, she says all the sins. It says multitudes. Multitudes of sin. So we can do... We can love, and all those things, all those other times where we're failing, all those other times where we are failing to live like Christ, because that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? As disciples of Christ, we're supposed to be making other disciples of Christ, and if we're making disciples of Christ, we're supposed to be acting like Christ, and is there a better example of a disciple of Christ than Peter? So Peter says, above all else, love. So how do we show our love? Peter continues. Can you read that again, Julia? You're doing really great so far, by the way. I appreciate it. Yeah. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You guys know what hospitality is? What's hospitality? You guys know? It sounds like hospitals where they fix people, right? No, but that's not really what hospitality is. What's hospitality, you guys? Brownies and ice cream. Well, I think you're trying to do a commercial. <laughs> We're going to get an opportunity to do that, not just yet. But brownies, go ahead, Carol. Welcoming people into your space, and not, uh, and not just into your space, but into your heart. Um, what else? Anybody else? Serving others. Why don't we get the definition up of that? This is supposed to be my mimic of the... Um, the big whiteboard downstairs, but apparently the little graphic that I had of the whiteboard gets cut off and it only shows the white, so it doesn't look as impressive. Not that it wasn't before anyway. but So that's why it looks like that. So hospitality. Now, friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guest visitors or strangers. Hospitality. So he says, offer hospitality. And what's that other word that he's got in there? Without grumbling. Mm, that's a tough one. I don't like that. So, one of the funny things is that my life group, most of my life group, my community group is gone. There's only a couple here, um, there and there. But um, uh, when you say grumbler, did an image come into your mind, right, of somebody? Think about this. Say the word grumbler and then think of who pops into your head. And I do notice you're all staring at me. So 
I think my family would say that I'm probably a, a, a grumbler at times. Hopefully, I'm also a worshiper um, as well. But I don't think we need a definition for that. Do you guys know what grumbling is? Yeah, we don't need definition for that. Um, if you guys picture that in your faith, uh, with your mind about grumbling, we need to be hospitable. We need to offer our things. And we have to do it without grumbling. That means if I have a room in my house, right, and I offer it to somebody, do I complain the entire time? If I have a seat in my car and I drive them somewhere, do I complain about it afterwards? I say, oh, there's a great thing my father used to say about money. Oh, go ahead. It could be. You're just trying to challenge me. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I guess it would be. I guess you're right. Can you be hospitable with grumbling? Because it says friendly and generous reception. And so you're right. We can't do them together. Um, My father used to say when you loan somebody money or you give somebody money, the only thing that you can, um, that the only thing you can expect is that they'll take it. Do you ever like give give some money because you know that people need something and then they spend it on something you didn't expect? You know, and it just and you you get upset and you're not sure why, right? Because we're grumbling. We made that gift. We did what God asked us to do, and we thought we were done, and that, and really we were. But then we watched how it got spent, and so we didn't like that. You can think about things in your life. I give someone a toy, to you know, my toy to play with, and then it breaks when they're playing with it, and then I get mad because it was my toy and they broke it. So I grumble. You guys have things like that that's happened in your life where you're doing the good thing, you're doing the thing um, like you think Jesus is telling you to do, and then something happens and then you complain. And Peter says we can't do it with grumbling. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not the kind of person Jesus is asking us to be. That's not what a disciple of Christ is doing. So can you read 10? And here we are. We're finally up to it, right? This is what we were, this is what we were hoping for. Excellent. Sit down. Thank you. Um, So, stewards, I'm so glad that you uh, stumbled on that because we're going to talk about that a little more. Before we do that, though, I wanted to do a little exercise. And so there's a couple people. Guppy, will you help me out? I just need people to hand out these baskets. I want everyone to get a card. Guppy, could you help me hand out cards? Alan, you want to come to Jen? You want to? There's two. So, okay, they're going to handle it right there. Make sure everybody has a card. Just hand them out. You know, downstairs we like to play games. We like to be pretty interactive if we can. Just make sure everybody's got a card. I want you to take that, right? And there is a pen in front of you, right? Yes, some of you have to wake up. I'm sorry. I can walk over here and do it if you want. Yeah. Remember, they're looking at you now. Our kids are looking at you. So I hope everyone was willing to participate. All right, so everybody got that pen? Hold that pen up. Yeah, I have to do that downstairs and make sure they're doing it. Okay, great. All right, I'd like everyone up in the back. You don't have a card yet, so you can't. I'd like everybody to write down their gifts. Write down the gifts that God has given you. Right? Each of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So write down. You have some gifts. Right? You have some gifts. And... For some of you, you're going, your mind is going right to something. You guys are thinking about um, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Can we put them up there? How many people have ever taken a course on, to know what their, the gifts of the Spirit they have? Right? Raise your hand. They'll just point. Right, great. Kids, look around. You can see that's something that, that people do. Yeah, if you have gifts of the Spirit, these are some. If you studied them and you know that you have some, make sure you can put them down on that card. Right? But I have to tell you, I think Peter, it means a little more. It's not just the gifts of the Spirit that he's talking about, right? We look at a passage in 4.9, uh, and, I, and I think we see that he's talking about more stuff. He's calling us to be hospitable with our gifts to serve others, to be generous with our things. So as you guys are writing it, what are some of the things that you're writing on the card? Genya, what are some? You got a pen? Genya doesn't have a pen because she's sitting up front. I strategically placed them in a place where they can't get a pen. So what are the, some of the things that you're writing? 
Julia, you should be writing down that you have no fear. You're willing to stand up in front of a crowd and read. Because that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, some of you are swimmers. Some of you are gatherers. Right? Some of you have toys that you don't need and you've donated them to other people. I know you've told me that thing. So as adults, what are some of the gifts that you have? Service, yes, you definitely have that gift of service. I know. If um, if you're at something that Cultivate is doing, Dick and Sharon are there. I know that. What else? What else? What do people have your gift for? Teaching, yes. Yeah, we saw that last week. Absolutely. You're raising your hand. Go ahead. Time. Oh, that's a big one. Now, I'm going to give you some time today because I don't think I'm going to go very long. So we'll have some time to spare. A lot of times we don't have time because we've filled up our day. We haven't given it a margin for God to fill up. right? So we're, you're going to get some of that today. So how can you fill that up today? What else are you guys putting on that card? What? Passion. Oh, compassion. Oh, I like that too. Compassion, that's good. I also like Passion. Anyone's ever cheered for a football team or a hockey team or for their kids? I know you have passion. That's a gift from God. We just have to place it sometimes in the right place, right? We're allowed to, we're allowed to root for the Giants, right? Amen. Amen. There you go. But sometimes well, we've been given this emotion so we can give it to somebody else. So, yeah, passion is a great gift. Is anyone running out of room? Does anyone need another car? I hope so. Because eventually, as Christians, we have to come up to one answer, right? And I don't want you to write that down. But what's that answer? Love. Yeah, that's a good one. But if I'm going to put down what gifts did God give me, what am I going to say? What, what, forgiveness. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one too. What can I write to encompass everything? Right? I can, I can cheat. I can put everything on that card. Um, but I'm going to ask you to do something later, and I don't know if that's something that you want to do. But yeah, eventually... I have to come to the word everything because everything is a gift from God. Does anyone believe that? Yeah, as Christians, right? That's like one of the fundamental things we have to understand, right? And what did we do to deserve all those things that God gave us? Nothing. Yeah, that was really quick. Nothing. And so what is that called? When God gives us everything and we don't deserve nothing. It's called grace. Right? And we live in a world that is filled with grace. You guys know what grace is? Grace is God, how much God loves us and how He's willing to bless us constantly when we don't deserve it. There's another hidden word, and you stumbled on it in that, that, that 410. You, you said steward. Do you remember that? Do you remember steward? Do you know what that means? Juliet said yes, and then she said no. So she doesn't know, right? Again, you know what steward means? Go. Do you know what steward means? No, no, no. So it's a, it's a word that we um, we don't really use. With. How many people have used steward in the last week besides me? Oh, you have. You're sneaky. All right, so that's three. How about in the last two weeks? You can't raise your hand again? Okay, how about four? Right, if you look around, no one's using this word, but, we, but you guys know what it means, right? So what's a steward? What's a steward? Before the definition goes up, what's a steward? Care. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Caretaker. Do you guys understand caretaker? Yeah, what's another... Can anyone else describe? Servant. That's good. Yep, 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 yep. All those are good. Let, let, do we have a definition? I think we do, right? Yeah, there are two definitions up there. They're both the noun. First one is a person who looks after the passengers on a ship. You guys know what I'm talking about? Do you guys ever see a steward or a stewardess? Where are they? On airplanes, right? Yeah, we finally got, I finally got Guppy to say something. You jumped in. It's okay. <laughs> right. And, then, and, and they do a whole bunch of stuff for us. Or an official appointed to supervisor manage another property. So it's actually kind of the same thing, but we, use, we see it more on airplanes. How many people have ever flown? You guys, there's some who have never flown. You're, you're, Mark just said you're on the no-fly list. So everybody's flown. So that's, uh, you, Julia, you've flown? Gup, you've flown? Genya, you've flown, right? Florida, Tess, have you flown? You've flown on an airplane, right? Yeah. Yes, you have. I know you have. So there's this person on the airplane 
whose job it is to take care of you. And I already mentioned it. Who is that? The flight attendant. Right, yeah, thank you. It is. It's the flight attendant. We, if for the older people, we call them steward and stewardesses, right? And if you think about the Titanic or the ship, there's the steward and stewardesses. Dick, that was for you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there's the steward and the stewardesses. So um, th- th- what is their job to do? Do they own the plane? Do they fly the plane? No, they don't, right? There's someone else owns the plane. Who owns, uh, who owns United? There, there's a company, right, that owns United. I shouldn't have brought that up. That's a bad example about stewardship, I think, right now. Right? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, let's start that over. Let's talk about anybody else. Right, JetBlue, the plane that they flew down to Haiti. Yeah, that's a much better one. So there's someone on there. They're not flying the plane. What do they call that person? Yes, guys, the pilot. Very good. Right? And then there's a co-pilot. And then there are the people that we just talked about. There's the the steward and the stewardess. And they are designed. What did they do for you when they were on the plane, Juliet? Do you remember? What? That you don't remember what they did? Did you drink something while you were on the plane? Who brought it to you? The stewardess? Yeah. Who brought did they did you get a snack? Who brought it to you? How many people have ever gotten a pillow or a blanket on the plane? Yeah. Where did you get it from? Yeah, from the stewardess, right? So if we, if we want to know what a stewardess is, we want an application in our life, um, one of the best ways to do it is to think about steward, the steward or the stewardess. Now, she doesn't own or he doesn't own anything on the plane, right? Nothing. Right? They don't get to take the plane where it's going. They have to fly along just like you, right? There's someone else that's directing the plane for us. Who's directing our plane? God. Yes, God. Thank you. Good job. Right? So God. So Jesus is, right? Jesus is our co-pilot. Isn't that that whole thing, right? But there's someone else who's been called to be a steward, and that's you. So their job is to take the stuff that's owned by the airline and to do what? Give it to you, right? To make you happy, to make you want to come back, to make you want to fly more, right? To make you love that airline. So Jen screamed out JetBlue. I love JetBlue airline. Why? Because they give me all the blue chips I could possibly want, right? It's not a commercial for them, but they do, right? So the stewardess, when she gave me that, she gave, she created a customer forever. I wanted, I saw I was eating the blue chips on JetBlue and we were about to land in Haiti and I said to them, could I get some more? And she said, sure. So with me, as you can tell, um, if I get one, I want two. So I said, could I have some more? And she said, yes, and she brought them by. And I said, could I have some more, right, because I can be like that. And she said, why? I said, well, I don't think the people in Haiti have ever had blue chips, and I think they would love it. So she came back with a trash bag of blue chips, and I thought, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. So Peter says the same thing to us. He says you need to be stewards of the gifts, right? And it's a big implication of that because we don't get to own everything that you wrote on that card. It's not yours, right? It's not yours, right? If it's a gift, it was given to you by somebody, somebody who created you, someone who gave you that thing. You are the steward and the object is for you to be like a stewardess and give it away to get that return customer, to get that person who wants to fly, to be with God forever, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? That's the object of you is to spend that in such a way um, that they, are, they return and they get a chance to ask you why. Think about that. So what does that mean about the stuff we talked about as gifts? I don't know what you guys have on there. When I was writing my card out, I wrote family. They're not mine. How do I steward them? It doesn't matter what I want from them. It's what does God want for them. My greatest success if I can point them to God. My spouse. My spouse is a gift to me. When I fail her, I'm failing God. 
guys understand the implication of that for those who are married. For children, for those of you who have children, you get them for a brief amount of time and then they have to go back to God, right? They're gods. And we only have a brief time to show them who the real owner is. We don't get the stick stickers on everything. Even though the mountains cry out, the glory of God, right? Some people have it, you know, the Jews, they said to write it on your hands and your arms and, you, and write it on that. We don't really do that anymore. Most of us don't. Some of us do. But we have a short amount of time that we're going to get with them to show them who the owner really is. And so it's really important for us to do. When you think about that stewardess, does she get to take home all those pretzels? No. Does she get to drink all the soda? No. Do you ever see the stewardess rolled up in all the blankets? I would love to see that, but I don't think they've ever done that, right? No, they don't do that. Wouldn't that be funny? You just curl up and get your own. It's okay. I've had a really hard day. Yeah, they don't do that. That's because they know who owns the stuff and they know what their job is and what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be directing you towards something. It's the same for us. We should be looking for the way to use the owner's gifts the way that the owner wants them to be used. How do you think God wants us to use our gifts? Think about something on that card, that gift. How can you use it for God? Anyone willing to share that? What'd you write on that gift uh, on your list? Anybody? Leadership. Leadership. That's a skill you have. I know. I've watched it. So how can you use that for God? Yeah. So great. So I can do that. With leadership. How about people who have the gift to speak? How many people here are embarrassed to stand in front of people and talk? All right. So that means everybody else is not embarrassed to stand up in front and to talk. And so that means that you guys have a gift and you have the ability to share the Word of God, right? And it doesn't have to be just the Word of God. It could be um, the, the life of God. You can show them with, with how you live your life. But yeah, you guys just admitted that you're not worried about that. So next time when Jay's away, I know who to tap. We'll duck, 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 duck. God has given me gifts that I don't deserve and they're not just for me. They're for everyone, and I need to figure out how to use them the way God wants them to use, use have them used. So, all right, so guys, um, I guess need your help. One of my favorite times in Haiti is um, we always gave a snack just like we have downstairs, and so there's supposed to be more kids. I want you guys to feel like the kids. So we're going to have a snack. Is that okay? Because the donuts and, the, and everything was not enough. We have a snack. So you, can you guys each take a basket? All right, everybody take a basket. I want you to give out those goldfish to anyone who wants them, but I want you to collect all the cards too, all right? So I know you guys want those goldfish, right? You guys like goldfish? Yeah, just go around and hand them out, but you guys are my stewards. They're not yours, they're mine. So I need you to give them away. Yeah, so if you take a goldfish, and even if not, could you put all those cards into the basket? Yeah, one of the reasons why it was favorite when we gave them that, Jeannie had gotten a whole bunch of them from Campbell's, and we handed them out. We told them that they were goldfish. Yeah, some of you can eat them, even though you didn't ask for permission. That's okay. My kids always wait for permission, yeah. We handed them out to the kids, and we told them goldfish. So the interpreter says, these are goldfish. And so they held them out, hold them out like with your finger. Imagine if there's a living, breathing fish in that bag, because that's what they all did. Because we told them they were goldfish, and they didn't understand cracker. right? They didn't, yeah, so they just held them until we tried to explain to them that they were a cracker. And, they didn't, and, and some people didn't even like them, right? But it didn't matter because we were teaching about the creation of the world and how God created everything. So, you know, they created fish, and they created those crackers, so you can enjoy them. But it was really funny just to see how things don't translate. But as we're collecting them all, we're collecting all the cards. We have everybody's cards? Yeah. Everybody's cards? Excellent. So this is what I would like you to do, kids. Have you collected the cards? Um, because you are stewards, um, I'm going to do something that the stewardesses don't get to do on the plane. You guys can take one too. But if you can combine all of them into one, let's combine all these cards into one. Oh, you're empty. You did a good job giving them away. Right? I wanted to throw them. Maybe afterwards we can throw them. Do we got any cards? We got cards. We got all the cards. All right, dump them all into one big basket. Look, we got a lot of cards here. Great. 
Good. Throw the cards in here. Throw the cards in here. You guys want to eat your snacks? Go ahead. Do anyone know what the origin of these baskets are? You know where we got these from? Go ahead, James. You were there. Oh, I didn't hear it. They're from Haiti. Yeah, we actually got these baskets from Haiti. Um, it's a great way to remember um, our partners there. They also made the little um, cloth that goes inside of them. What, what would you call this? A cloth. Jen says a cloth. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a fancy word that I don't know. But they're all there. So we have all of those. And so, you, so Juliet, you've done a great job. You're eating now, though. So I don't want to interrupt your eating. So can I read the rest? All right. So why does God want us to share stuff? Why does he want us to do that? We kind of talked about it a little bit. But it's right in the passage. If you guys are still in that, in that passage. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. And here it comes. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Pretty amazing. Why do we share our gifts? So we can talk about how great we are? It's something that I struggle with. I did this. I want to know. But that's not what Peter says. Peter doesn't say that. Peter says we're going to do these things because we want to glorify God. What an amazing story. I've been listening to a story from an amazing woman all week. Every time, every time she tells me the story and they're always talking about how she's come from this place of pain. And although she's not free of pain, she's better than she was off here. And it's God that's getting the credit. So the story comes winding around and it comes to her, comes to God. It's amazing. That's what we need to be. We need to be a people who tell our story so that God can get the credit. Everything we do, everything we speak, and everything we own are for us to share to make disciples of Jesus and give God the credit. Can you guys imagine a world if, every, if everyone was doing that? What would it look like? Shadrach? Yeah, I know. We get under this delusion because they only show us. And I don't want to say delusion. We get under this illusion and we see how you know so many people are reaching out. But there's people who aren't there, right? There are non-Christians on that mountain. So, yeah, so, so to a lot of us, um, uh, Shadrach looks like this perfect place because we see so many people. There's 3,000 people on that mountain and 2,500 of them are coming out to reach, uh, to meet us and give us uh, hugs and things like that. We forget possibly but that there's that little 500. But if what's the place where we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing with our stuff? There's a, say it? Heaven. Right. And God calls us to bring heaven here, right? He says, bring my kingdom here. He doesn't say, wait till you get someplace else. He says, you can bring my kingdom. You have the power to do that. But the place where everybody's doing that is heaven. So that's why 410 chose that passage for their name. That's why we as a church family send our gifts to support their work. And that's why at least twice a year, members of our family make the trip to Shadrach. Why do we do that? So we can love deeply for the glory of God. And if your picture's not up there and you've been the Shadrach, you have a picture somewhere in somebody's heart where you are hugging with all your might. Right? Because you are loving deeply. You have surrendered your time. You have surrendered your energy. And yes, if you are, have been to Haiti and you haven't left your heart there, I don't know how that could possibly be. So what, was, what has the stewardship of God's gifts brought to Shadrach? Through the partnership with 410 and an amazing leadership council, you, saw, you heard that uh, Janet was meeting with the leadership council. We actually kind of like go there every time when we talk to them and we hear about the story, that Shadrach, and we learn how much they trust. Imagine if we had a group of people in every part of our life. I mean, we have it at church, right, where they're looking for God to try to think about. Imagine what it would look like at work. Right? What if it was in your neighborhood? If you're that person in your neighborhood, what if you're called to start that? Where they're looking for God to see what God has them um, has ready for them to do. So through the partnership and the, and the leadership council, this is what it looks like. 
This is what He's been able to do with people who are willing to share their stuff, who are willing to be stewards. So the first thing is this. How many of us saw that? Right? What is that? It's where they used to get water. But m- many of us don't see it. In fact, it's a dried up hole. Right before we, uh, before I went the last time, two kids drank out of there from the United States. They had to be uh, helicoptered off the island because it's not good. Their cholera runs amok on the mountain, but not anymore because now, after we and other people in the United States heard God call, it looks like this. So the water flows and you can see the color. It's clean. And they can get it straight there. What if it's the first time you've ever had clean water in your entire life? How many people take photo of a, a special events? Can you imagine if drinking water was a special event in your life? Look at the next photos. This is what they sent us the first time. They all got clean water. So when I say us, I don't mean just cultivate. I mean there's a group in Indiana and there's a group in Texas and there's a group all over um, that we have come together um, to share our gifts because alone we can do mighty things, but together we can do even mighty th- mightier things. How about this? Next one. How many people remember to see that? This is actually second generation school, right? Because the first one is even smaller and some of our guys went there to go build a bigger one. Uh, I, I still remember Robert sitting back there and you, you can't tell in the picture, but every chance they get, all the girls turn around to see where he was. Yeah. What's it change to? How many people have gotten to see that? Yeah. They started out with 12 students. Let's go to the next slide. 43 kids in their kindergarten alone last year. Right? That's what it looks like when God's people work together and they use their stuff in a way of stewardship. So that's like in Haiti and you think, oh, well, you know, that, that's a, these big picture things. About how, so how about locally? How about here in Cultivate? How about the next one? The food bank. 75 people a month, right? Get food. Closer to 100 get food. Because people have gotten together to spend their time and their energy and what God has given them, those gifts um, to be fed. And then Thanksgiving, if you haven't been a part of that, that is an amazing time. How many people have been a part of that and really, really love it? Yeah. Amazing. All of you guys are smiling when you're talking about it and thinking about it. That's something that we get back. We get that joy. We're knowing what God wants us to do. How about this other one? So um, I would leave it just like this, but James, can you play that? How about the garden? We have this big open spot, and it was decided at some point that it's a waste of space. So we're going to create this garden for the community to be in. And this is the talents of Keith and his pet drone. I like this part. How many people wrote down a patch of earth as a gift? That's a gift that we received, right? So we decided to do something with that, and we created that garden. We have 32 plots. We have a lot of people involved in that. But more importantly, we have a community that has formed there. And it's a community that God can work in, right? It's a community that we can show um, what Jesus is like, and it wouldn't be there if we just left it a plot to mow. So anyone who's been part of the garden, I thank you. How about last week? There's a whole skill set. There's a lot of teachers that are gone. They're down the shore. I understand why. There's some that are here. But you guys have a gift for teaching, for singing, for playing. You guys did an amazing thing. I mean, everybody deserves a round of applause for that who was part of that. It's amazing. So again, it's a big thing that we did how about on a weekly basis what can we do here can i get up a little earlier can i yeah, you, right can i say hello we have people that stepped up actually i think we have most of august phil we got two dates i think phil so that was really great i'm um, at the cafe you got to get up and cut bagels and feed the family that's it that's all you got to do we can you, you can use your time that way these are all these simple things that you can do our sunday school teachers how about that guy who goes down and talks to you on sunday he's a pretty good guy right yeah 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 better looking yeah luckily his kids are better looking yeah how about those people, the people that are down there right now, the people who are lucky enough to miss this message? They're down there with your kids, loving on your kids. That's what it looks like here. But we have something even bigger. 
How about when you're away from our building? What does it look like? Do you have a room, an empty seat at the table? How about you have space in your car? Do you have time on your hands? How about a spare towel at the beach? That's where all my kids are, at the beach. I hope they have spare towels. How about you have a vacation home? If I have a vacation home, you have a vacation home. Jay said that one time to me when I was getting ready to go on vacation. It's true. We have a vacation home for one week. The showers are yours. The table is yours. The food is yours. The beds are ours. That's it. That's the only, that's the only thing. Yeah. How about just an ear to listen to? How many of you can take the time to listen to each other? Right? How about two arms to hug? As my arms are empty right now because of Haiti, I, I, I feel like I have this motion that I haven't been using. But I can hug the people that I'm with. I can hug you guys as well. How about if you see a need and you move your schedule around to make room for it? Like stewards. So that's happening right now. You just took the headgear off, but Casey, you're up. So we have this need, right? The kids aren't here, but we have this youth program that we don't have, right? And so Casey saw this need. The borough saw this need. So they're going to open their house today. And so could you tell us a little bit about that? We have a mic here if you want it. No. No, thank you. Oh, I got two mics. I like that. Right. So... So there's a need, there's a need, and people arrange their time to create a margin so that we can serve. And that's what God has called us to do. And you have to do one more thing, Casey. You have to do it without grumbling, right? Without grumbling. I don't think he's a grumbler. So I think that's it. Um, I just, it's important for us as a family here in Cultivate. That when they tell our story, when they talk about the people who worshipped in this building, who went to the mountain, who went to their homes, who served in their communities, who left out their seat, that we let the story be God's. And let the story be how He poured out His blessings on us and we were able to serve people with them. Right? Deep roots, rich fruit. So I have some cards up here. This is the things that you said were God's gift to us. So we're going to end with a prayer, if you guys don't mind. So Father, we are a undeserving people. If it wasn't for the grace of Jesus Christ and what He poured out on us, we wouldn't have a right to speak to you at all. But he did, and we do. We recognize what you've given to us. In fact, we've written them down on these cards, and I have them here as an offering to you. Help to keep those cards in our hearts. Help us to keep you in our thoughts. We call on the Spirit for that, the one that you sent to bless us. Father, let us be a people who are good stewards of all that You've given us. So in the name of Jesus, we pray as a family and say Amen.